Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Please take your seats. Just as we were worshipping there this morning, I, I just really felt a prophetic word, a picture actually. I saw Peter. You know the Chosen series that we've been looking at? Um, I saw Peter walking on the water to Jesus and then he began to sink and he was panicking as you would. <laughs> we don't normally walk on water. And Jesus looked at him in the eyes and he said, Peter, Peter, look at me. Peter, keep your eyes up and look at me. And I really believe this morning that he's doing the same for you. There are people here you felt like that you've just been just above the waterline for a while, but recently you felt like you were sinking. And I want to encourage you this morning that Jesus sees you and he looks you in the eye and he says, look at me, look at me, keep your eyes on me. You're going to walk on water. You're going to be fine. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to help you. And the situation might not change much like the waves are still there the water's still under the feet but you will be strengthened you will stay afloat amen father god i thank you for that prophetic vision that i saw of how you keep us afloat you keep us walking on water with you nothing is impossible that all things are possible to those who believe and in your name, and in your name, we pray, God, that you will just do that for my brothers and sisters, whatever that means to them right now. Help them to be encouraged this morning that you see them, that your eyes are on them and as they look to you and look you in the face and look to you for strength, they will soar. They will walk, not become weary. They will run and not faint. They will be kept by the goodness and the grace of God. I pray that in Jesus' name. Anoint my words. Holy Spirit, flow through me freely. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's so good, so, so good to um, have this opportunity to speak. And the title of my sermon this morning is Serving Without Sinking. And we've been following this theme of serving and, um, and how God calls us and um, draws us in. Just um, this morning too, um, a lady came to me, Amanda, Amanda Simpson, and she, she said, I want to give praise to God this morning that I have reached my five-year mark. And I said, what do you mean? Five years of living. They gave her a 1% chance of surviving a terminal illness. Amanda, where are you? Over there. Do you want to just stand up, give a wave? <laughs> Amanda wanted to praise you, Jesus. Praise you and thank you, God. We honour you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you. God bless Amanda and continue your healing power and strength over her that she will go from strength to strength and that she, looking to you, will be able to walk on that water in Jesus' name. Amen. 
just over the um, holiday break over in January, I read a little book that was an extra book that was for the Bible College reading. And it was, um, the title got my imagination, got my attention. It was simply um, Serving Without Sinking by John Hinley. So I'm just going to refer to that a lot of times. Do you know, when I look back, um, I counted up, it's 46 years since I gave my heart to Jesus as a teenager. And I know that is a very, very long time ago. Things have changed a lot in that time. But the, the most natural thing in the world for me at that time was to, when I opened my heart to the Lord, I found the power of his love was just to serve in the local church. I was at everything. We were there. We were in youth group together. We, when the doors were open, we were there. We probably opened them. And we, we put the chairs out. We did. We just loved Jesus. I loved Jesus and I just loved serving him. And I was just there because, and what nothing was an effort. Nothing uh, was too much trouble. And over the years, I found that there were times I just couldn't keep up that same pace. And I needed to, to stop and evaluate and think, well, do I really need to do all this? <laughs> All these things, we had our hand in every pie, so to speak, you know. And God started to to look at my motivations and how I got involved and, and just spending um, time asking the Holy Spirit to help me honestly look at my motives for serving and areas um, that I needed to reassess and where I could best invest my time and energy into. And I believe that's what, what um, God will help you here. That's uh, what I, I pray, that God will help you to look at where, where you can serve and with confidence that he won't let you sink. That when we keep our eyes on him, and the power of his love empowers you. There's a divine exchange of energy. This is what's kept me going all these years, is that divine exchange. When we reach out for him, he gives us what we need to sustain us and to keep us motivated. And, and his love is what keeps us buoyant. Amen. Jesus said, you know, like he really knows us so well. In um, Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me and I will give you rest. I like that first part of the scripture. Isn't it funny how we can get our favorite scriptures and just chop them up? That's one that I like. That I, go, I like that bit. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Because, you know, <laughs> you think about rest, it conjures up all sorts of things in, you know, hammocks on, on, on little islands and cool breezes and, you know, just relaxing Come to me. And then it goes on to the next. It sounds delightful. And then, and then Jesus says, take my yoke. I'm like, what? What's, what's rest and yoke got to do with each other? And how are they even in the same sentence or following one after the other? And, uh, but I believe that Jesus wants us to understand and to help us um, not to take on heavy yokes that end up making us weary. 
And, um, and he goes on in verse 29 uh, of Matthew 11. It says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. There it is again. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that sentence. You will find rest for your souls. There isn't a lot of rest in people's souls at the moment. There's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of things that have caused that in the natural. And it's perfectly understandable. If you're looking purely at disasters around the world, post-COVID, the economy, the stress of living, the increase of um, the finance, of the cost of living and food and petrol, there's not a lot of rest in people's souls. But Jesus says, I will give you, come to me, Look at me, keep your eyes on me and I will give you rest in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions so that you don't feel like Peter sinking but you're able to stand. Lamentations 3, um, 27 said, well, we're talking about yoke, okay, going back to, so what's a yoke? What's it look like? There's some good reasons to wear the yoke. Lamentations um, says, um, 3.27, it's good for us to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. There are seasons of wearing the yoke. There are seasons of study. There's school, there's university, there's training. There's, there's proper times where you do take on, as a youth, you learn. It's the best time to learn when you're young. And it's like the, a natural season of learning to, to walk with a yoke. It could be university, as I said, training. You could become like um, Ross did, an intern from Bible college. And you get to do the youth group. You get to drive the buses and clean the church toilets. And you get to pack up and set up after every service. Aren't you blessed? You're wearing the yoke and it's fine. It's a good yoke to learn. You learn consistency and faithfulness. You learn just that church doesn't happen, that the lights don't turn on by themselves and that there's somebody has unlocked the place and put the air cons on for you. There are people wearing this, this yoke that, that fits right because it's the yoke that Jesus gives you. He says, the yoke that I put on you is light. It's not going to crush you. It's a burden. It's a a yoke of service that fits you perfectly and in line with your gift. And then he energizes us to keep us buoyant, to keep us afloat. Love and obedience. Jesus is not telling us just to obey him. He's telling us, love me, love me. And then from that rightly motivated obedience, um, obedience will flow naturally as you obey him, as you submit, as you say, yes, okay, that's, that's not too hard. I can serve in this area. I can come a little earlier. I can run a life group in my home. You know, there's, there's areas we do it with our children. There are seasons of wearing a yoke when the children are little. 
that you, you get up every three hours and you feed your baby and you change them again and you wash all those clothes again. And it's a season that you know will pass. And it's a, there are seasons that, that we serve in certain areas of our lives that, that change. And um, the origins of love, of the kind of love that God puts in your heart is like a gift. It's like a gift given by Spirit, like Ezekiel promised, verses 25 to 27 from Ezekiel 36. He says, I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your idols. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my Holy Spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful and be careful to keep my laws. God is promising here to give us a new heart, a new motivation, a new way of living. The old ways, it's easy to become bitter. It's easy to become cynical. It's easy to lose hope. You don't even have to try. It'll come to you. (laughs) But to keep a good motivation, to keep a good heart, it's that, that divine exchange that I was talking about earlier. It's a surrender. I give my heart. We use that all the time. I gave my heart to Jesus. And he saved my soul. And it's happened. It's not just a one-time thing at the altar. That's a daily commitment, my friend. 40, 46 years plus of this, this walk, it's a daily choice. I choose to make you Lord of my life in this area and in that area. And I surrender that fear to you because I know it's not from you. I surrender that anxiety and I take authority over the enemy's attack in Jesus' name as your daughter, as your son. It's a daily walk, my friend, and it's a daily reward. There's a daily reward that comes that fresh in you is... I've been practicing that song for Emma's dad's funeral, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, your hand has provided. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, to me. And it's morning by morning. Jesus addresses this um, weariness. He's talking about, because he says, Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden or, or burdened. So he's already talking to us. <laughs> he's talking to us at some stage of our life. It could be not you right here this morning, but you were there. And he addresses this weariness with a promise. Come to me and I will give you what you need. Rest in your soul. We have all served for different reasons. We all get involved. I went to youth group just to see how, what boys were there. You know, (laughs) and look what I found. (laughs) Whatever your motivation. And he was there too. He checked me out afterwards. I tell you, I thought he was a trainee priest. I thought, what a cheek. Whatever your motivation for getting started. Hey, God can direct a moving ship. It was a pretty good thing. I lined myself up in a good place. (laughs) And... uh, my, you know, like we all serve for 
different motivations. We all get involved. Some of our motivations are not exactly in the right place, but hey, God moves us and he directs us and we learn and we grow. And 46 years later, you're still growing and I'm still learning and and it's a fun journey. It's a fun thing to do. Some of us are just practically minded and you just want to serve because that's how you show love. Just put your boots on, get the apron on and you serve because you're a practically minded person. Others, others of us, we see a need and you just can't stand to see it not being met every week, that something's not being, being overlooked and you get involved to help because you want to help and you think, I can help, you know, improve that situation. Some of you are great organisers and you can't stand seeing bottlenecks at the front door. So you'll come up with a plan of how to get the people flow better. These are gifts that God's given you, administrative gifts, organisation and legislation. And, you know, these are the gifts that God gives to the body. You are a gift to this body and you bring something that someone else might be, you know, needing. So that when, when the body all does its part, we're all encouraged, we're all built up and there's nobody carrying the heavy end for too long because we're sharing the load. Some of us got, you know, we simply just like, like I got started, I just loved Jesus and I just loved his church and I just thought I'd just do it all. But I quickly found that that's not sustainable. <laughs> You have to have wisdom here. You have to have wisdom and you have to allow room for others to grow. You can't do it all. You have to share. I had to learn this as a young pastor's wife. We got engaged when I was 20. We were married at 21. Bam, straight into full-time ministry. And I had the expectations back then were different. And I didn't have a clue. I was all I ever saw was nuns. I didn't have a clue what being a pastor's wife was, and so people tell me, "Well, the pastor's wife plays the plays the keyboards. The pastor's wife runs the kids' church. The pastor's wife does the women's. That's just a no-brainer." And the pastor's wife does all the functions and the organising and the catering. The pastor's wife does this. The pastor's wife does that, and I just took it all on board, and I just got so overwhelmed that it crushed me. It was like a yoke that I wore. Oh, the pastor's wife runs the prayer. She's always at the prayer meetings. Like, it was just, this pastor's wife was just like this superwoman that I was trying to live up to in my 20s. And by the time I got to my late 30s, I burnt out. I just collapsed. And I got glandular fever from a girl that we brought into our home. I didn't know she had it. And I collapsed. And God said, enough, enough. Are you done trying to do everything? Are you done? You know, let's have a look at motivation here. How did you get so weary? And why did you take on? Avoiding becoming weary. <laughs> it's my next point. I found that the motivations were different. Sometimes we, we get the wrong idea. We get the, that serving God means that we've got to serve people, that we have to do everything people want 
to keep everybody happy. That was when I was young. That's how I got weary. But it was coming from an unhealthy place, a fear of rejection, a fear of disappointing people. That was crushing to me when I, when I was younger. It's still a trigger and I have to be careful. But it's, there's, there's motivations that a wrong view of God, feeling like that you, you have to pay him back because he's done so much for you, actually has, but that you need to serve him to pay back. That can be a subtle motivation. And sometimes you don't feel that good about yourself. So when you serve, it feels better. Like I feel that I deserved to enjoy church. Can you see these motivations can be subtle, but it's what creates a yoke that can be too heavy for you to carry. Some of the, the works motivation, not really sure of your salvation, that, um, that can also cause you to have a drivenness about what you're doing. Feeling like um, having a wrong view of people, people pleasing, as I said to you before, a drivenness to serve people causes a weary, a yoke that can be quite crushing. Jesus showed me how only to take the yoke that he is offering, the, the yoke of service out of love. So how do we not sink? How do we? Jesus said to learn from me. Jesus actually came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he is our example. Jesus came so that he would serve us. And do you know that he still serves us? Jesus intercedes for you. He's still serving us. It didn't stop when he left this earth. The, the order, the service is sacred. There's something very godly about this. Jesus serves you. He intercedes for you. He prays over you. He prays for us as a church. He prays for us as a community. And we, this is just where when we serve in this way, motivated by love and, and, and looking at how we can get the motivations wrong, when we surrender that to God, he empowers us. He empowers us to stay afloat and to walk with him. Needing to be needed, rescuing. This is another yoke. This is a subtle one. People often learn from their mistakes. <laughs> when we jump in to rescue people, when the, when the needs are huge, of course we step in and help. When there's a death in the family, when there's a, a sudden illness, when there is... Um, something that's happened, you know, we all jump in and we help and meals start come around and we give whatever support we can. But then there comes a time in a person's life when they need to take back their daily knapsack, their daily knapsack of responsibilities, that not the heavy, heavy boulders where um, they need extra help and support and the daily knapsack of responsibilities of paying your own bills and, and getting a job when you can, 
um, consistently showing up to that job, following through on the decisions that you make, paying your loans that you take out. If we get into rescuing, it actually hinders them from growing because we need to learn from our consequences. We need to learn that our actions have a reaction, that what we do and how we live affects the people around us immediately, our family and our friends and our community. And you've only got to look at the news lately to know that we all need to learn, no matter how old or how young you are, that our from the consequences of our actions. And so when we get in, in the way and we try to rescue people, um, that's, that's when you start paying their bills and they come back to you again and again and again. They are never learning and they'll never grow. So that can become quite a yoke for parents and grandparents. Subtly, it gets heavier and heavier. So watch, watch that one. Serving to be noticed. This is another motive that, that can subtly get in. If you serve in this way, either to earn God's love and blessing or to impress others, you, you or to be needed by them, two things may happen. Your heart will either be full of pride when you are noticed and acknowledged and needed, or you will feel despondent and bitter if you are overlooked and not acknowledged for serving. Matthew 6, 1 to 2, Jesus said, If you want to be noticed by people when you give and serve, you are serving people and will get your reward from their attention and applause. If you want to serve out of love for God, you do it to please Him and you will get your reward from Him. I've heard it said before that serving God is like serving an audience of one. A motivational check if, if this is an area that you, f you feel is a, a weakness. Ask yourself, would I do this thing if nobody was watching and nobody knew that I'd even done it? <laughs> and when we do something, also ask, ask ourselves, like I, whether it is simply um, emptying the bins or changing dirty nappies or, you know, we do it as a service out of love for God that I give this service to you, Lord, and I do it because I love you and I, I, I thank you that you are motivating me to serve through love. Everything that we do for God becomes an act of service and it gives it dignity and it gives us the lift. Everything becomes, um, a, gets a divine lift so how do we, we need to learn, how do we stop sinking? Learn how to work alongside him and listen to the Holy Spirit. This has brought me much joy as I've served over many years. Although I haven't got it all right every time, I get reminded, come back, come back. Why are you so weary? Why are you grumpy? Why, why are you, you can always, you get a little bit edgy with people. You get a little bit cranky. Come back to the motivation. What's happening here? Am I taking on this yoke? This is this not mine to carry. And lay it down before him again and ask him, Lord, help me 
to see what's going on here. And when you have that kind of open heart policy with him, he'll teach you. He'll guide you. He'll motivate you. And he will refresh and restore your soul. Dealing with our deepest motivations is not easy. It's actually a very hard thing to do. But Jesus wants you to live free and serve only him. And not to lose the love of what you are doing for him. Because when you come from that place of love, when you are loved and that what you are doing, you are releasing love and as you serve, it's an energizing cycle where you get that rest for your soul. Jesus wants to set you free. To, not because you have to pay free to serve, not to pay him back for all that he's done, not to earn your salvation, to be good enough for, for what he has done, not to impress people, not to feel like that you're needed and that they need you, not to be noticed. Serving um, to feel good about ourselves or serving even out of competition. Some people make a competition out of everything. He will teach us a better way to serve and to live with a lighter yoke. The Holy Spirit will help us to get this right. Jesus serves us, as I said. He watches over you. He prays over you. And he is looking to bless you, to strengthen you and support you in everything that you do. Jesus is our high priest. In Hebrews 7, 24 and 25, it says that because Jesus lives forever, he is our permanent has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus serves us by praying for us so that we will have a lighter yoke. This is what Jesus is offering. This morning as I come to a close, I want to encourage you to ask God this morning for a new joy in serving, whether you, whether you are working in the community, raising your family, looking after elderly or disabled relatives, whatever the yoke that you are wearing, whatever your workplace is at this point, that you will receive the love and the strength of God to carry that yoke with joy. Simply to serve him. Because you love him. Serve him as a daughter, as a son. In, investing in his kingdom and interested in what he is doing. When I was um, a young child, my dad was a, a diesel mechanic. And he would get underneath big machinery and trucks and cars and graders and doses and anything mechanical. He always smelt like grease. And, uh, and the floor of the shed was dirt and I would climb under whatever he was working on and I just to be near him, I didn't care about dirt and grease and cars and big machinery. I just was interested in what my father was doing. If he was out in the garden, I would shadow him out there. But it was, it was that interest then passing him all the wrong tools that I gained 
an insight into his world. It's like that with our Heavenly Father. He wants you to get interested in his kingdom and to take the yoke to serve him with joy, to serve him out of a, out of a grace that he gives so that that becomes an easy yoke. It becomes a doable, workable, an enjoyable life that God gives us strength. Being interested in what Jesus is doing, what's happening in our community, what's happening in, around the world and how people are being, as this revival's happening where they're, where they're just seeking him and worshipping and young people in groups where, where there's a hunger and a stirring for God happening. What's he doing? And get interested and get involved. Being led by the following of the Holy Spirit. We serve him simply because we love God and we love his people. This brings a lasting joy. This brings a lifetime of actual workable service, <laughs> enjoying the journey of life. When we partner together with him and one another, we are actually walking in unity. We're walking in sync with what the Holy Spirit is doing. Just going back to that, that scripture that I started with when Jesus said, Come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Just as we close this morning, why don't we pray? And ask the Holy Spirit to just show you areas where you have taken on perhaps somebody else's yoke, somebody else's responsibility, thinking that that's what God wanted you to do. I need to realize that it's not sustainable because it's not your yoke to carry. You're rescuing. They need to take the responsibility for their own choices, for their own bills, for their own family, the daily knapsack of responsibility that we all carry. Yes, there are times when the boulders are too big and we jump in and we help. But this daily walking, knowing that he is the one that strengthens us. Jesus said, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. He knows us so well. He understands our motivation and how easily it is to get tripped up and the enemy brings condemnation. He wants you to be free. He wants you to live free from that, like me, that people-pleasing. That's a real burden. That's a real yoke. Trying to keep everybody happy all the time. It's an impossible task. And it's not a yoke that God puts on you. Ross, would you want to come? I just want to pray this morning and ask God that by His Holy Spirit, He will set you free. Set you free from the enemy's attack against you. That feeling that you have to earn His salvation that you have to
keep this up, that somehow you're not accepted if you don't present in this exact way. Feeling that that this is a competition, feeling whatever the enemy has, has done this to you, he will teach you a better way to serve. He wants to give you a lighter yoke and to fill you with his Holy Spirit and help you get it right. Father God, I just pray that in the name of Jesus, that you will cover every one of my brothers and sisters. Lord, as we have shared this morning, your love is what keeps us buoyant. Love for you, love for your body, love for your family. What you are interested in is what we are interested in. Help us get this right for our immediate family, for our church community, for our broader community. Help us, Lord, to be able to step up to all that you are challenging us and calling us to do. Thank you, Lord, that you serve us by interceding, that you cover us with your love and you pray and you intercede and you are at work by your Holy Spirit. Whether we realise that we are conscious of it or not, you are at work in and through us. I pray that you will encourage every one of my brothers and sisters this morning. Let the power of your love infuse them. Let that divine exchange take place in Jesus' name. That your strength is made perfect in our weakness. Lord, that give us energy and grace and strength. Where there is weakness, your strength comes in. Where there is lack, you are able to give wisdom. Give us wisdom beyond our understanding, beyond our years even. That by your grace, we will stand in Jesus' Name. Why don't you stand with me, folks? Just get the worship team to come up too, please. God is moving by His Spirit. And I know that um, I've said a lot of different things here this morning. But I started with that picture of Peter. And if you feel at times that your heart, like Peter jumped out of that boat. He was as keen as mustard to get out there, to, to, to be with Jesus. But as soon as he stepped out and the waves and the reality of it all, it was all too much. And I feel that this morning, God wants to meet you here. And if you need to come down the front and meet him, that's perfectly fine. As we sing a song, you come forward. You come forward and you just lay that burden down, that yoke, that, that, that causes you that feeling of sinking because God's going to strengthen you. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.